Would you pray with me? Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes and open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. When we talk about the cross, when we talk about the cross from the pulpit or in Sunday school or in small groups, we often are talking about salvation. And that is proper, that is right, that is good. And, and yet when we begin to relate that to our daily lives, to our human lives, to regular life, our conversations get a bit abstract, hard to follow, difficult to understand. It becomes a lot. So I want to tell a story that I think can help bring the cross into things that are a little more daily, a little more regular. So there is the legend of a broken teacup that created a beautiful art form. I told you about it in the announcements, Kintsugi. So the legend is of a fort, it happened in the 14th century, and it was about the shogun of Japan, who was at the time named Ashikaga Yoshimitsu. Say it again. <laughs> Ashikaga Yoshimitsu. And as the story grow, goes, he broke his favorite teacup and he sent it to be repaired. And when it came back, the pieces were held together with ugly metal staples. The repair was neither functional nor, needless to say, attractive. And the shogun was disappointed. So he asked his own artists to create another solution, and they came up with the solution that became known as the art form called kintsugi. Now, kintsugi means to join with gold. And so when these artists repaired this ceramic teacup, they used a lacquer which included gold powder in it. And rather than trying to hide the damage that happened to the broken cup, Instead of hiding the brokenness of the object, the artist made something beautiful out of the broken pieces, out of the broken cup, by bringing those pieces together, mending them, and keeping that thin gold line where every break happened. You could see exactly where it was broken but the brokenness was turned into something beautiful. And for the shogun, his response was that this cup was something new, something rare, and something more beautiful than the original. The beauty of kintsugi is that it invites us to see 
that vulnerability and brokenness and imperfection bring wisdom and resilience and strength. And if we listen to Jesus, we can find an analogy to the cross, the cross which bears this wisdom and resilience and strength where there is death and where there is despair and where there is heartbreak. All at once, the cross can bring power far greater than ourselves into the very joys and troubles of our lives. In today's scripture, Jesus has reached a turning point in his ministry. Jesus is naming in clear and certain terms exactly what is going to happen when the disciples and he arrive in Jerusalem crucifixion. Jesus will undergo great and incredible suffering. Jesus will die. And after three days, Jesus says to the disciples here, after three days, Jesus will rise from the dead. And this, this knowledge is too much for Peter to hear. Peter really loses his cool. And Jesus lets him know it. And when I, when I read this, I think Peter must have really lost his stuff because the good Lord turns to him and says, get behind me, Satan. And Jesus is the one with a clear mind, though. Jesus reminds that the great challenge of faith is aligning one's priorities with God's priorities, even when they don't seem to make sense. Peter, Jesus is, is setting his mind on human things, not divine things. And Peter is focused is not focused on God's thoughts, but on his own human thoughts. The cross and resurrection requires people, humans, finding their way into a divine kind of thinking, into God's way of thinking. If we think about life, we can find some comparisons, some, some ways that we might consider what is human thinking and what is divine thinking in a human life. Human thinking focuses on ourselves. Divine thinking turns our attention outward to others. Human thinking ignores what we need for our well-being, and divine thinking wraps its arms around what brings health. Human thinking avoids hard choices. Divine thinking looks to make difficult decisions with mercy. Human thinking is clear on what is impossible. Divine thinking explores realistically, honestly, what might be possible even when it seems unlikely. Human thinking dwells into despair, and divine thinking brings grace into what hurts in human life. Human thinking blames other people, and divine thinking lives into hope. Human 
thinking focuses on failure, and divine thinking opens new life in the ashes. Human thinking chooses brokenness over repair. Divine thinking seeks what is beautiful in life, even when facing our deepest struggles. For in this beauty, we find God sustains life. But can we blame Peter for thinking human thoughts rather than God's way of thinking? Jesus is after all, just described his very own death, a brutal death. And who wants to think about the loss of someone beloved, a a beloved teacher and friend, especially one who heals the world like Jesus? Perish the thought. But Peter, Peter sees the trees. He cannot see the forest. Peter is not embracing and cannot seem to embrace the larger implications of Jesus' suffering, of what the cross might mean. And, And that might make us ask the question, do we? Do we actively try to think the ways that God might think when the troubles of the world knock on our doors? Well, maybe, maybe we do try. Maybe we struggle with that. Maybe we are like Peter, who who does not recognize yet that the cross and resurrection have a larger meaning than what we see or what we understand. But when it comes to Jesus, isn't it easier to think about the human side than the God side of these teachings? Sometimes it is just easier to accept the broken nature of the world than having to look for grace or even beauty. Broken things are easier to explain, after all, than it is to try and explain resurrection. To see the power of the cross requires attention and responsibility, and maturity, and listening, and devotion, and the ability to see beauty. Now, throughout Galilee, Jesus rolls up his sleeves. He takes people by the hand. He stays in the room long after the crowds have gone home. He says again and again, your faith, your faith, your faith has made you well, a faith that God has given you. Where people are in pieces like a broken teacup, Jesus is there. Where the world and its people are broken, Jesus repairs, restores, and heals. This part of Jesus, the part that makes us well is, well, it's where the divine side of Jesus meets the human part of Jesus. Jesus' identity as God made flesh is at the very heart of this Jesus who places 
the beautiful glue at the seams of our brokenness as we are put back together. And the thing is, is that we can still see, we can still feel, we can still recognize those seams. We still know those pains. But where the cross meets resurrection in Jesus Christ, we also know the beauty of this grace. Thomas Merton, the monk and incredible writer, wrote this. If you want to identify me, ask not where I live or what I like to eat or how I comb my hair, but ask me what I am living for in detail. Ask me what I think is keeping me from living fully for the thing I want to live for. Ask me what I am living for and ask me in detail what is keeping me from living fully for the thing that I want to live for. Do we live our faith in such a way that we are prepared to meet God, to think in divine ways, to think God kinds of thoughts where we feel pain and hurt and struggle? Do we discover God's joy, God's peace, God's beauty, where we might feel like we are in pieces? Or do we react like Peter, simply dwelling into our human thoughts? You see, Jesus sweeps up the pieces of lives when they are broken. And just because Jesus does this does not mean lives are made perfect. It does not mean that they go back to the way things were exactly as we've always known. No, once healed, we still break again and again. God's purpose in the ministry of Jesus is more than fixing what is broken. God is not a human repair shop or refueling station, even if there are days that we feel like we're rolling into church like a jalopy. Now, the cross has larger implications for people, even in our daily lives. The healing power of the cross is not that pain and problems and complexities or challenges are resolved, removed, or, or made so that things go exactly the way we want them. No, the healing power of God is that we are God's beloved no matter what. That we are beautiful to God no matter what. So that we are meaningful to God no matter what. And that we share that belovedness, we share that beauty, and we share that meaning as the body of Christ together. So that when we do break, when we do feel pain, when we do go without, we know in certain terms 
that we belong to God, we are beautiful to God, and that we matter to God. Now, if we are a ceramic cup in God's hands, we are not repaired with ugly, rusty, crude staples. Nor do the scars of life's pain just simply disappear. Instead, God repairs with something beautiful that recognizes that we are more than the sum of our parts, that we are more than our own brokenness. And when our human thinking meets God's thinking, we realize that we are not simply pieces reassembled. We are also the beautiful lacquer that God uses to make us beautiful, something rare, something new, because we belong to God. And in God's way of thinking, we can know a life restored because of the cross and the resurrection. When our human thinking encounters God's thoughts at the foot of the cross, as we make this journey through Lent, this is one of the encounters we have, especially as we move from Palm Sunday into Holy Week. And as we experience such an encounter, perhaps our question is, should be like that of, of Pastor Sam Wells. He asks, does our hope finally lie in entrusting our lives to whatever it is that is the source of our life and our love? Does our hope finally lie in entrusting our lives to God, to God's way of thinking? The cross was how God established this life and love that Samuel's names through Jesus Christ. The cross was a human thought, and God bore the cross and responded with resurrection, a divine thought. And even as Jesus tells the disciples what will inevitably happen when we remember the cross, we remember that God was willing, that God was willing to be broken too. That God was willing to face all that humans dust as we are. God was willing to face everything that we will experience. And God was willing to shed tears wear flesh that hurts, to give up a very last breath in the way a human body will. But God refused to let it end there. The cross allows our human thinking to meet God's thinking, and it allows us to recognize the beauty of God entering a world that God loves so much, even when we look out at it and do not see what we want. That pastor I mentioned, Sam Wells, and his question tells a story about a church member of his who was dying. They shared a lot of conversations as he knew his life would draw to a close soon. 
They had conversations about relationships and love and whether love is stronger than death. They explored all the wonders and beauties of life, the the seeming absurdity of death, the question of whether the combination of life and love created in people is so dynamic that the death cannot have the last word. But it was from these conversations that came the question that I offered before from Sam Wells, the question, does hope finally lie in entrusting our lives to whatever it is that is the source of life and love? I think the answer to that question, Sam Wells' own answer to that question, is a story he tells of this man. For not long after those conversations, the man reached out again and said that the saddest part of his dying was that he would not see his daughter married, a wedding that would happen just months from that conversation. So a few more conversations happened, and the couple decided to prepare their ceremony so that they would be married the following weekend. Determined but unable to walk, this man, this church member, wanted to walk with his daughter to the chancel. So they arranged it that he would meet her halfway down the center aisle, and they would walk those last dozen steps together as he brought the two hands of the bride and the groom together to be married. And this father, this man, died four days later. And where the frailty and suffering of flesh could and would break hearts, and where there was no human power to change a reality as certain as death, in that moment, they made life beautiful, Sam Wells says. In that decision, they made life beautiful where it was otherwise broken. And it turns out that this is what God does with us again and again and again. And it turns out that if what breaks in our lives is something that we bring the wisdom and the love and the mercy of faithful thinking that we know from God as best we can, we can join in with God in making the lives we are given as equally beautiful as there is resurrection as an answer to the cross. So as we continue through the season of Lent, let your mind focus on God's thoughts. Let your mind give attention to what God is making beautiful and where there is hurt, brokenness, suffering. Know that God, too, gives you the power to make it beautiful. Let your mind look for and see what God is making beautiful today and tomorrow and always. Thanks be to God. Amen.